0: It's an emergency podcast, and uh, of course, to break down the firing of Doug Peterson, the parting ways of Doug Peterson. Naturally, we have John Breach, Ryan Wilson, who's been home for fifteen uh, to twenty seconds since he uh, arrived from Stanford, where he got pulled over for doing eighty-eight in a sixty in a fifty-five school zone, which just horrendous behavior by you. And of course, Debo, whose head coach just got canned. Uh In fact, Debo and I were wrapping up. We're having our little post pod chat after recording with Jonathan Jones for Tuesday's episode. If, if you're if you listen to that episode, that's why there's no Doug Peterson talk on there. And I said, oh, my goodness, Debo, Doug Peterson's fired. And I I don't know if he believed me or not. I'm guessing. No, I don't know. Did you uh, believe me? Because
1: I can tell you look at your phone, you get the alert. Um, But I will always remember that you were the one that broke the Doug Peterson firing news to me.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I actually, I, you definitely believed it because the way that, um, the way that like I said it wasn't like, haha, gotcha. It was like, oh, we got, we got to go. We got to do a podcast. And, uh, here we are on Twitch and on YouTube. We will be doing these breaking news hirings and firings, uh, for coaches and GMs, any other big emergency, ca- emergency podcast caliber news. We will be live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash CBS Sports HQ. And youtube.com search for pick six podcast and you can watch us there live as the news breaks. Uh, Devo, you take this, take the steering wheel for a second. I'll be right back. All right.
1: I want to start by thanking Doug Peterson. Uh, he was responsible for the best sports moment of my life. He coached one of the best games against one of the best coaches, the best coach of all time. That factors into everything that I'm about to say and we're about to say. Um, he took over for an organization in disarray after the Chip Kelly disaster an experiment. And he was the, the gutsy leader to deliver them the first Super Bowl ever. So that is like the precedent that I have to set with, with my thanks for Doug Peterson. With this move, I'm, I'm surprised more by the timing, not necessarily that it happened. The timing is horrible. First, they, they ask him to tank last week and take the heat for all that BS that happened against the Giants. But there's just a clear lack of vision in my mind from, from Jeffrey Laurie, who I think is a good home owner and, and made a good hire in Doug Peterson five years ago. But why not do it last week? Why does it take you eight days to make this decision? You're you're eight days behind everybody else, and you're clearly favoring Howie Roseman. You're loyal to Howie Roseman. I, I get the loyalty sense, but I think this is clear that Howie Roseman will be back in twenty twenty one. And I think hello to Carson Wentz, your twenty twenty one week one starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagle Eagles.
2: Hey yeah, no Philadelphia Eagles. That's exactly right. Let me ask you this, Debo, because uh we all were just on HQ, and one of the questions I was asked was, if you're a new coach, do you have the power to say no on Carson Wentz? And my thing was, if you bring in someone, not that they're going to do it, but, for example, someone like Urban Meyer, his stature, he can come in and say, uh, we're done with Carson Wentz, my way or the highway. But if it's Joe Brady, who's 30 years old, he's going to have to do whatever the owners uh, or the GM tells him. Uh, what, like, Will the coach, in your mind, have the ability to say Carson Wentz has to be somewhere else.
1: Well, we got the report from Ian Rappaport that Doug Peterson was kind of fed up with being told what to do. So in that sense, th- that doesn't seem like an, a, a situation that Urban Meyer would be willing to join. He wants a situation where he can go in and, and have control. And if Jeffrey Lurie's unwilling to relinquish that, I think you have to opt for one of the younger guys, which, which isn't a problem in my book. I, I would opt for someone that hasn't had a gig before and is an innovator and can be creative and and kind of offer a spark to this team rather than some of the, the retreads we see out there or even someone like Urban Meyer, who I don't fully believe in. I'm more on Brinson's side on that one, but, but I think it's, it's not going to be that type of guy like Urban Meyer. I think they might opt for someone that they can kind of control because Doug Peterson clearly, clearly did not like that.
2: So which side do you think is right though? You're okay rolling with Carson Wentz?
0: Well, I mean, if I may jump back in and thanks for asking my son is fine. Uh, the uh I think this is breach. Have you said anything since we started or have you just been silent?
3: I'm smiling. Well, I was going to go on to that point, but you were so flustered. that I thought I would let you jump in real quick. But I will say just real quick uh, <laughs> that, that Wilson, you brought up Urban Meyer. I think if someone goes into that interview and says, yeah, I don't really want to play Carson Wentz next year. They're not getting hired. That's just they're not going to call him back. There's no second interview. Uh So no one like Urban Meyer would take the job, as Debo said. Uh And, you know, ESPN is, that, reported- is that
2: good or bad, though? That's what I'm asking. I'm trying to figure out is that good or bad for the future of the organization?
0: Probably uh, would. Yeah. Probably what? I, I thought I'm this would have been. Let's I, I don't think this is being stated enough. Like I listened to Jonathan Jones on HQ. I didn't hear you guys talk, but I mean, I, and I, I mean, I, I was downstairs checking on my kid, man. What do you want? Um, I want you to bring your cell phone and watch this on mobile. Fair. You can watch CBS Sports HQ 24 seven anywhere on your mobile platforms, devices, wherever. Um, I feel like this is very clearly the Eagles choosing Carson Wentz over Doug Peterson. I mean, like, I don't think – like, it's pretty Mike. obvious and simple. Now, if they trade – now, we'll look like an idiot if they trade Carson Wentz later, but – No, no, you're, but you're so
2: my question to... is, is this the best path for the future of this team? But that's what I'm asking.
0: I don't, I don't know that that's the right question because I don't think you could do anything with Carson Wentz. Like, I think you almost, by default, had to continue on with Carson Wentz because of his contract, and therefore – If you wanted to keep Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson had to continue with Carson Wentz. So now you have to go out and find, by virtue of this decision, a coach who is going to want to work with Carson Wentz, build up his confidence, improve his quality of play. And so, no, Ryan, to answer your question, I don't think that this is a good path for the organization, but I sort of feel like they basically built two giant walls along a pathway and have to continue to walk down it because it's too high to climb.
1: I agree Diva. with that, and I didn't think it had to be that way. Kind of when it, it first came out, you know, you you put the Eagles, we did the head coaching vacancies, ranking them last week. I probably would put them in the middle of the pack at this point, and then you get those reports, and, and you slot them towards the bottom because if Jeffrey Laurie's going to have that control, uh, a lot of coaches don't want to enter the situation. But I think, to Ryan's point, I, I don't think it had to be Carson or, or Doug, who I will fondly refer to during this episode as only
0: Doug. But... <laughs> R.I.P. Doug. I hey, how about, how about know. Doug going out immediately after the Nickelodeon, uh, football game? That's, that's, that's a nice tie in, but the I Eagle think
3: should have announced his firing on Nickelodeon. How Doug he, got
1: climbed. Yeah. I mean, how he should have gone first, how he should have been the one to go. I don't think.
0: Okay. So on that really quickly, I think when you read Jeffrey Lurie's statement, <clears throat> he says, I spent the past few weeks evaluating yada, yada, yada. But he said, coach Peterson and I had the opportunity to say – He doesn't even call him Doug. Debo. Jeffrey Lurie. He works for him. Don't even call him Doug. Okay. Coach Peterson and I had the opportunity to sit down and discuss what what that collective vision would look like moving forward. After taking some time to reflect on these conversations, I believe it is in both of our interests, best interest to part ways. To me, that reads that he sat down with Doug Peterson and he said, what do we need to do? What in your mind do we need to do to win moving forward? And Doug Peterson said something along the lines of Carson ain't it, and neither is Howie.
1: Well, here's, I think, an important note from Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer, who's very, very tied into Jeffrey Laurie in that front office. Uh-huh. He reported this about 45 minutes before yeah. the firing came out. He said, on top of promoting Press Taylor to offensive coordinator, Doug Peterson's coaching suggestions to Eagles owner Jeffrey Laurie also had Andrew Briner moving from the pass game analyst to QB's coach, promoting Matt Burke from DL to DC, um, or, or bringing in an ex-DB's coach, Corey Unlin, back as defensive coordinator. So just really promoting from within. Jeffrey Laurie wanted some external candidates and just some fresh faces, some fresh voices within that coaching room. Doug Peterson wanted to keep it all to his own guys and I think that played a large role in why that decision didn't take place last Sunday or last Monday and is happening like I said 8 days later.
0: Uh and, and Jeff McClain also tweets out that uh this is boiling did you I don't know did you read this one where he where Peterson threatened to quit? And the Eagles didn't take it seriously. After he made him fire, Mike Groh. And then Howie Roseman, meanwhile, will be that was, that, that was last year, though, right? Yeah. But they're saying that Peterson threatened to quit last year. So basically, and again, this, I cannot stress this enough. It goes back to what we say with these head coach vacancies. You need to be organizationally aligned. And as Jeff McLean points out, I don't know if has jeff been on the podcast before. Just Jeff and yeah. I are like real life friends. I mean, no. like I said, but I, I don't know if we yeah, got. It sounds,
1: right. sounds like it. Not it during my really tenure. Terrible. Not during my tenure.
0: But we should have Jeff on. Jeff's the
3: best. You have a very loose definition of friends. That's
0: uh, true. Yeah, I, I think so. But that's okay. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, that's not a problem. I mean, like, I, he's not like coming. He's not like if I get if I get divorced and remarried, I'm not invited by wedding or anything. But I mean, like, you know, whatever. All right. Anyway, uh, he said that it'll be his uh, third third hiring of a head coach. That is, as Jeff points out, unprecedented for a modern-day NFL GM. It is his fourth coach because he was with Andy Reid, then Chip Kelly, now Doug Peterson, and one more. And Peterson and Roseman had decreasingly seen eye-to-eye on personnel. It ain't going to work like that. Oh, yeah, it's- that
1: personnel that was J.J. Arthego whiteside over D.K. Metcalf and Justin Jefferson over
0: Jalen Riker. I think I'm siding with Doug on that one. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't know that Doug was necessarily picking the obvious Selection to wide receiver, but I agree with you. And also you would have to think that Howie Roseman is saying, no, this is what we're doing from a personnel perspective to build around Carson. And I said this on HQ and I've been saying this for weeks and months that it's clear to, it's clear to me. And I think it should be more clear now that Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson's offense is not built for Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz is not the type of quarterback to operate Doug Peterson's offense. It's a rhythm like in structure offense and Carson Wentz likes to be out of structure, likes to make plays with his legs, likes to extend plays. And I don't think that that's the sort of fit. And he did. Well, hold
2: on. Let me ask you about something. How much has the office changed from Frank Reich to Doug Peterson though? Has it changed a lot?
1: A little bit. I mean, something that I brought up throughout the season, I was just super frustrated, and I thought one of their biggest issues was the lack of an offensive coordinator. We talk about all the time how difficult it is to do so many jobs when you're the head coach. It's fine if Doug Peterson is the CEO type and has a little bit control over the offense and, and can hop in those meetings and, and offer some influence, but when he's running the entire show and doesn't have an actual offensive coordinator, that's a problem, and we saw that come to fruition since since Frank Reich left. John Filippo left. So that's an issue. I wish they had an offensive coordinator. Was there any
2: concern inside the Jets by uh, the uh, the Eagles? What are we talking about? The Eagles bubble? That that week 17 thing was sort of a FU from Peterson or was that sort of planned
1: from top to bottom? It it had to have been the entire organization knowing because if if they didn't, I think they fire him that night. I don't think they wait that long. <laughs>
2: So now I'm, I'm, my conspiracy theory brain is like, so they went from ninth, which is the pick they would have had it had they won to sixth. And now they fired the coach eight days later. I mean, it's all Carson
3: Wentz. I mean, you look at last week, uh, ESPN had that report that it, the, the, the Wentz-Peterson relationship was fractured beyond repair. So without a doubt that, and, and, you know, everyone was talking about, well, this obviously means that Carson Wentz is going to get traded because there's no way they're going to fire a guy who just won a Super Bowl for them. Three years ago, but it was pretty clear that one of them had to leave. And it does feel like when Peterson met with Jeffrey Lori Laurie today, Lori's like, all right, well, what's your vision to win? And Peterson probably said something like, uh, well, I'm going to give the quarterback job to whoever earns it, whoever fits my system best. And Lori said, okay, so Carson Wentz is your starting quarterback and I'm paying him $128 million. So he needs to be the starter. And, and Peterson's like, no, like that's not what I said. We're not doing that. If Jalen Hurts is better, I'll play him. And then that probably starts an argument about all the personnel and how Peterson doesn't have a say in any of this. And he probably said, all right, I'm gone. I don't even care what you guys, you know, peace out.
2: But get based on everything we've seen up to the moment now we're talking, that Doug, Doug Peterson's been, hot, been fired going from losing to go from ninth to six. So Brinson over under 38%. Now they draft a quarterback at number six. The Eagles. Yeah.
0: Um, did you say 36%?
2: That's fine. I said 38, but 36.
0: Brian Westbrook homage? Wasn't he 36? Uh,
1: What was – what would the number have been before today, Wilson?
2: Like 10. Like I'm now thinking, okay, they're starting over. I know the Carson angle makes sense in terms of that, but if somebody comes in who's like a heavyweight coach and they're like, we love whoever, Trey Lance – Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Carson Wentz, maybe Carson Wentz is injured, and maybe that's, that's a big another deal. Another North Dakota quarterback. Yeah, that would be awesome. But I just feel like you don't lose a football game in the way they lost it to get up three spots to get up to number six to take a wide receiver. If everything else is fine, I get it, but everything else isn't fine. And the biggest issue is quarterback.
0: I mean, I, I, I don't, I think it's like three, 2%. two percent. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. I mean, I mean, you don't fire Doug Peterson. And if you're Carson Wentz's contract, Makes him unmovable for one to two years. Now look, if you are in love with a quarterback, you can draft him, but I have to think that as these proceedings went along that Howie Roseman convinced Jeffrey Lurie that it's not Carson, that it's Doug and that Carson can be fixed. You can't, you can't go to Jeffrey Lurie and be like, no, we need to get rid of Doug Peterson and, and, and stick with me. I'm the guy. I know I haven't drafted a Pro Bowl since 2016. I signed to this disaster of an extension, and we just won four games with a, a roster that every, as everyone has pointed out on Twitter, as I'm sure you're very aware, in which features a bunch of wide receivers with guys who are much better and much more obvious candidates to be drafted that were drafted behind them. But you know what we should do is just let's draft another quarterback. Like, that's not going to fly.
3: And if you're trying to repair your relationship with Carson Wentz, the last thing you can do is undermine him. I mean, we don't he know. Well, we he
0: clearly wasn't happy
3: so. about taking Jalen Hurts in the second round. That, that seemed to cause a, a little bit of a rift in the organization. If you go out and draft a quarterback in the first two rounds for the second straight year, when you just gave this other quarterback a four year, $128 million extension, Carson Wentz won't show up to practice, probably quit the team.
2: What's, what, what has shown What's you? Look Ryan, wait, wait, wait. what is shown you that they're all in a Carson Wentz? That's all I'm asking.
3: He's just fired Doug Peterson. Yeah, they fired their
0: Super Bowl winning coach. They get a Peter. contract and fired Doug. Okay. I, I Ryan, I think that what you're saying about the situation and what's happening with the Eagles and their decision making is correct. It's all bad. They are they this is what happened. This is how good organizations go bad is that howie Roseman's job is in jeopardy. He has, you know, he's been involved in three head coaching hires or he's hiring his third. He's, he's been involved with now be four coaching staffs. Um, his quarterback is a head case and the talking point of the entire offseason, like the number one talking point of the offseason around the NFL circles. Um, you, but like if you're him, the only way to salvage your job is to kind of you got to kind of dip into the crevasse and hope you're able to pull the plane back up before everything becomes a disaster. And it might become a disaster because while Howie Roseman has done a lot of good things and brought a, a Super Bowl title to Philadelphia, there are a lot of red flags about his personnel approach over the last three to four years.
2: So Debo, 24 hours ago, what was the biggest issue facing the Eagles, Howie Roseman or Doug Peterson?
1: I think it's Howie Roseman and the, Places he's put this team over the past couple of years. Look, Doug has been far from perfect. He's had his offensive play calling lapses. I think he's lost a little bit of that power over the team that he displayed during the first couple of seasons when they were on on the up and up. Uh, but I, I think there's just an issue, and Brinson kind of hit on it, where for a majority of my lifetime and my Eagles-watching lifetime starting really around like the Andy Reid era, This has been a very well-run organization. I think that's always been clear, even though through a couple of down years with Chip Kelly, this is just a clear, poorly-run organization series of events, series of the past week, that that I'm not happy with the future of it right now. And and as long as Howie Roseman is attached to that, I I think there are issues. As much as I I like to look at the past and, and thank Howie again, like Doug, for what he did during the Super Bowl year, he he is not the answer moving forward. And he's proven that over the past couple of years, getting them into this position. So what happened? Well, the, well wait, real years, quick,
3: the problem with that though, is if, if Roseman is the problem, uh, well, he just won the tug of war with Doug Peterson. He's going to get to hire the next coach. That's an issue. So he's, he's at least sticking around through the next head coach. Almost certainly, unless the Eagles go like two and 14 over the next two seasons. Uh, so now you're stuck with Roseman for probably at least
1: three more years. Minimum. I don't, disagree with any of that
0: yeah and look How- howie roseman has survived worse i think well of course chip kelly and- <laughs> yeah chip kelly banned him to like, like stuck him in a in
3: and roseman's contract runs through 2022 just in case anyone was wondering as did peterson's before he got chip
0: Howie nobody heard a peep from howie roseman for like two and a half years until he Climb, until he somehow salvaged you know to climb back up and got Jeff Lurie's ear again and managed to work his way he's he knows what he's doing in terms of uh handling power structures within and, and, and navigating that within an organization. Um I don't think he has as you know mal, much malintent as like a Jackie Easterby or anything like that, but you know.
3: And it's an interesting situation. And you know, like Chip Kelly, when you make the playoffs in your first year getting hired, even though he was absolutely crazy with everything he did. Uh, that gives you a little bit of power. And so maybe that is where you see Roseman get knocked out. If you have, if he hires a coach who goes 14 and two next year and all of a sudden says, Hey, Jeffrey, Laurie, I need a little bit more powy power. Howie (laughs) Roseman is kind of uh, handcuffing me here. Uh, then maybe you see something happen, but otherwise, you know, it's hard to see Roseman going anywhere for the next few years.
0: Howie powy.
3: Howie powy. I'm going to get a shirt sure that says Howie Powie.
0: Howie Roseman is going to be given an opportunity to hire the next head coach. Who will that yeah. head coach be? Let's – Ryan, kill me. <laughs> Who will that next head coach be? Let's yeah. Let's quick break. Oh, my God. Let's take a quick break when we come back. Let's try to park through it. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family.
2: Technology, marketing, and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half,
0: we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So, Howie Roseman, again. You always said Howie Powie.
2: Howie
0: Powie. Howie Powie. Power Howie. Uh, Howie Roseman's going to be in charge of hiring the next head coach. A couple of names have been bandied about early on. The first one, Ian Rappaport of NFL Media pointed out, which, okay. Mike Kafka, former—I don't know if you guys know this—so they're gonna fire Doug Peterson, a former Eagles backup, and Andy Reed's, one of Andy Reid's top assistants to hire Mike Kafka, a former Eagles backup and one of Andy Reid's top assistants. What? what get? You can't do work, it. work the crazy. first
1: time. Work the first time. Sure. Before, before I guess we fully delve into coaches. I mean, Doug Peterson's five-year tenure is still an absolute success because he won a
0: Super Bowl, right? Hundred yeah. percent. Like. Uh, he went to the playoffs three times and won a Super Bowl and went to the playoffs once with, uh, Carson Wentz head, head unraveling and nobody around him. Just wanted to, to clear. And that maybe better than the Super Bowl, he gave us that week 17 moment where it destroyed Giants fans. Loved it.
1: Members. Loved it. Screw you, Giants fans. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> but
1: it seems crazy off at of that point. It seems a little oh, crazy. Before I want we to go be to
0: the able... Kafka thing. Do you want to point out where Doug Peterson might land or do you want to talk Eagles candidates?
1: Well, I would just say, like, I'm not opposed to Mike Kafka, or on top of that, I would target Eric Bieniemy. I am not afraid of the Andy Reid tree again, because I do think the Doug Peterson situation worked for a certain amount of time. Situations were not put in his favor, and the Howie Roseman thing is an issue in my mind, but I would not hesitate to revisit the Andy Reid coaching tree. Bieniemy, preferably over Kafka at this point, but I'm open to it. I'm open to revisiting that.
3: Debo, the opposite of that, though, is that maybe the Andy Reid coaching tree is afraid to revisit the Eagles. You know, like maybe Andy Reid's sending out a mass text to his coaching tree saying, guys, stay far away from that job. You just see what they did to Doug Peterson. The guy won a Super Bowl, and they still fired him. If I'm Eric Biennium or Kafka, I'm a little hesitant to get in that situation where a guy who actually had success got let go. So I'm not sure I'm taking that job if I'm Kafka or Biennium.
1: Yes, Bianemy I would be hesitant because he has opportunities elsewhere. Kafka hasn't really been tossed around as as a head coach this this soon. The if Eagles has, tried to hire Kafka as the offensive coordinator last offseason but Andy Reid blocked it. Right. If if but he has that opportunity being as young as he is and not getting as many looks as Bianemy, I think he would have to seriously consider despite anything Andy Reid, Doug Peterson or, or
0: those around him would say. I mean, I believe that Andy Reid has spoken about Mike Kafka in a way that implies he may be the smartest of his, uh, proteges yet. At, at least in terms of like former backup quarterbacks who, or former quarterbacks who ended up being his offensive coordinators, like ahead of Matt Nagy, ahead of Doug Peterson. I, I don't I know. A, ahead of Matt Nagy?
2: <laughs> you know God. where I'm at? You know, you know where I'm at on guys that are
0: By the way, if Mike Kafka leapfrogs Eric Pianney for a job, you better watch out because there's going to be some people. To to, to my point, I mean, my my
2: talking points on guys that have, you know, score hundreds on their football IQ tests, that ain't what the coaching uh, job is for the head coach. You have to be able to motivate these people. I mean, that's what it is. Um, Now. As a Steelers fan, I, I love Mike Thomas' ability to motivate, but he's terrible on, on punting situations, so you, you have to have some balance there. But just because you're really good at drawing plays up, that doesn't necessarily translate to being uh, a great coach. And we, we 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 do it every year. Adam Gase is the smartest person on planet Earth when it comes to making football plays. He's an absolute disaster as a head coach. So, I mean, I don't know anything about Mike Kafka. He might be great uh, at his job, and if he gets that coaching job, I wish him all the success in the world. But I think it seems like every year that gets lost. And you feel Caf- to motivate these guys.
1: Kafka's thirty three. And that's interesting because I, I would be enticed by someone like Joe Brady, who's being tossed around on Eagles Twitter right now as, as an offensive mastermind. But we have, we have no idea if he can, if he can run
0: an organization and run a team, which we going to do a press conference. <laughs> like, Cause right. he was hired as a 30 year old uh, first time offensive coordinator to pandemic as, J- as Jonathan Jones and I talked about in the, in the, in the coaching rumors and Deshaun Watson show, uh, for tomorrow.
3: But you also look at Roseman's track record here. Uh, that was a sneaky hire with Chip Kelly that kind of came out of nowhere. You know there was some chatter, and then all of a sudden it was like it's not going to happen. Chip Kelly's turned down the NFL so many times, and it just came out of the blue. And then obviously Doug Peterson was going back to the Andy Reid coaching tree, the, the familiar thing. And I don't think he would do that two times in a row. As weird as that sounds,
0: going back to firing Doug Peterson to hire an Andy Reid assistant feels. That's why re- I don't think he would do it. It it, it just yeah. feels it just feels so. Incestuous and weird. And I don't know. I mean, Andy Reese has been around forever. Bill Belichick has been around forever. They have a ton of guys. It's like your
3: spouse breaks up with you and starts dating your brother.
0: That's exactly what it is. That's a great comp. That's weird. You guys bring
1: up that it's, it's pretty rare for a GM to get to hire his, his third head coach. I think it's pretty interesting to revisit who the Eagles looked at in 2016 and just kind of apply that to today. Tom Coughlin, Paul Gunther, Doug Peterson, Adam Gase, Dirk Cutter, Doug Marone. Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, Adam Gase, and Deuce Staley is is a long list of, of people uh, that at least It may consider. be a
0: Freudian or Kafka-like slip, Debo, but you said Adam Gase twice. <laughs> he
1: got a second interview.
3: Uh, somebody needs to send that list to Jeffrey Worry.
0: What is that? Send uh, that list to Jeffrey Worry and, and, and Adam Gase, Gase. some Adam Gase noises. Oh. I want all I want in this world. Is the Eagles to hire Adam Gase as their head coach now?
2: That list is troubling. That list would concern me as an Eagles fan. They,
0: they made the right
1: one. I mean, we remember uh, Mike Lombardi, who who was shouted out in the um, parade speech, <laughs> I I, murdered I, by I'm Jason Kelsey, wearing right here the whole speech on my shirt. Uh, oh, there you the go. go.
0: The clown, Mike Lombardi. <laughs> there hey, let me let me
2: ask uh, Brent, and I'll ask you, then Breach, then I'll let Debo finish last because he um, he's the guy. Cody Benjamin, our buddy, our coworker, also a huge Eagles fan, just tweeted this out. Who will be remembered as the better coach in Philadelphia, Andy Reid or Doug Peterson?
0: Um,
3: uh, well, only one of them has a statue.
2: And you can't, you have to be able to block out what Andy Reid's done since he got to Kansas City. It's just strictly the Andy Reid years.
0: I I said this on HQ too. It's like, you know, if you're going to keep hiring these Andy Reid guys, it's like, at some point are you, do you wish you hadn't fired Andy Reid? I do think. Yes. Even if I say that. I mean they probably do, but Andy Reid had he had lost his son, it had gotten. I just think Philadelphia was an unhappy place for him, and he needed a new start to do what he's able to do now. I think he probably would have figured it out at some point. Um, but he, I mean Andy Reid was a better Andy Reid's a better coach. Doug Pearson learned everything he got from Andy Reid, and then he got. I mean, I do. I'm not trying to prisco you here, Debo, but you know. That Super Bowl win—I mean, you win it with the backup quarterback. Uh, stop it! Oh, come on! It was—it's a—it's—it's a its its a does bother me. I'm a lifetime fine. Lifetime opportunity <laughs> when your quarterback te- when your MVP caliber quarterback tears his ACL three quarters of the way through the season, you're supposed to be toast. Yes, and Eagles pulled off one of the all time coups in terms of just storming the playoffs. You know, taking everyone—you know, taking taking control of everything. And being in charge at the end. I don't know what that was. So I think it goes back and we can
1: revert to our franchise five exercise that we did in the off season when you're kind of arguing who's who's the best Eagles quarterback in franchise history. Is it Nick Foles who delivered them that Super Bowl, or is it Donovan McNabb, Randall Cunningham, Ron Jaworski who who never delivered a Super Bowl but were an you know, actual better quarterback for a longer time on the football field. So, you know, I'm very appreciative of Andy Reid's time. I recognize he's a better coach. He's one of the top five, six coaches in NFL history. But in terms of importance to the Eagles, Doug got it done.
3: Wow. Mm,
1: nice. Boom. Doug Peterson doesn't exist without Andy Reid. It's um, that is, you getting
3: a Doug Peterson tattoo.
1: I'm not um, arguing that one bit, but if I'm thinking about 2017, uh, I'm appreciative of what Andy Reid did, in, but he didn't
0: win in 2005. Doug Peterson won yeah. Uh, by the way, Radio Monkey ninety five in the Twitch chat asked, "Lurie was backed into a corner and made." Actually, he just comments, and I think this is a good comment. Uh, Lurie was backed into a corner and made the most inexpensive change. Even if Howie's the problem, Wentz wouldn't work with Doug. I, th- I think that's right. It's basically looking at, okay, how do we, how do we try to reboot this with it costing the least? Uh, what is the path of least resistance financially? for this organization to try and get back on track. And you are already committed to the, co- to the quarterback. You can find another coach and it doesn't count against your salary cap. You know, you are in on Howie Roseman for better or for worse. And that's where they are. By the way, I think if you, I don't know if you can find it anywhere where you can bet on it. It was like 40 to one uh last week. And I, we floated this by the way, on this podcast, like two or three weeks ago, Doug Peterson to the jets. I think that's happening.
2: Okay. I mean, I don't feel – he's better than Adam Gase, but I don't know if you – are you excited if you're a Jets fan?
0: I mean, so this is uh, Joe Douglas's first coaching hire of his, of his life. He's hiring in a pandemic. You are going to – you know, the interviews are – it's difficult to pull off. Like, you just – you're going to – you know, you're not going to – you don't – unless you know – even – even if you know somebody well from prior days, like even if you grew up with Arthur Smith or Eric Bieniemy, you don't know how they're going to be as a head coach. You know how Doug Peterson's going to be as a head coach, and if you believe you can work with him and you guys are going to be on the same page, and he can come in and maybe, I, like I think Sam Darnold would be a really good fit in Doug Peterson's offense. Well, I do would Sam, why would Sam
2: Darnold be and not Carson Lance? I mean.
0: But, but also,
3: if you go to New York, you're getting – Joe Douglas is going to talk to you. Hey, do you want Sam Darnold or do you think we should yeah. draft the number two overall guy? Howard Rosen's not doing that. He's making the decision for you and then telling you to go win with the guy he picked, even though that guy might not fit the system of the coach. So I think that Doug Peterson would love to have a close relationship with a general manager, and if he has that in New York, I think that makes them you know, hey, a clear front runner.
2: Every coach wants to have a close relationship with the general manager. <laughs> <Not> every <coach. laughs> And there's, no, and, Doug Peterson are tight. That's, and there's no guarantee that the Jets are going to ask Doug Peterson what he thinks about the number two pick. They may not want a quarterback if it's not Trevor Lawrence.
3: So,
0: Douglas is making the call. I mean, if he hires Doug Peterson. Uh, Breach just said the opposite. That's what I'm saying.
3: No, I didn't. I said that, that, that Doug Peterson would be allowed to talk to the general. If he gets hired by the Jets, it's going to be because he has say in whether or not they keep Sam Darnold That's or whether said. they take a quarterback over the number two overall pick.
2: They, they could very easily not like a quarterback at number two because the quarterbacks may not be worth the number two pick. That's what I just said. So it, no, that that's meant...
3: what I said before you said. that. But, but that's why winning. I
0: think that the New York job is an attractive one because you have – like I, I would much rather go – I cannot believe I'm saying this. Nobody. I'd much rather go to the Jets and be the head coach than go to the Eagles and be the head coach.
2: But here's the thing. We're, we're saying the Eagles is a mess and – all Carson Wentz has to do is get back to eighty five percent of what he was, and then everything's relatively fine in the division. Where I don't think these teams are match going to get better overnight, right? I mean, Dak will be back, so maybe the Cowboys are concerned they have a contract thing to worry about. that a
0: reasonably high floor, and Joe Judge showed some stuff with the Giants. I don't. I don't think this division is necessarily just complete crap. I, and, and look, the Bills are awesome. The Dolphins are coming on, and the Patriots still have Bill Belichick. And you know who knows if they can reload or not. But the fact that you have these. You have a GM who's well respected in Joe Douglas, who, you know, especially if you're Doug Peterson, you've worked with before and you know how he operates. You have the path where you can take the number two overall pick and use a quarterback on, you can draft him, draft a quarterback there, whether it's Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or Justin Fields or, you know, maybe Urban Meyer gets hired in Jacksonville and takes Fields one and all of a sudden you have Trevor Lawrence. Or if you think you can make Sam Darnold work, you go in that direction. They have a ton of cap space, a ton of picks. I think it's just an attractive job. And if Doug Peters, if, if Joe Douglas may feel like the safest path to develop a quarterback in New York and the safest path to avoid the pitfalls that come around for many GMs and coaches with these power struggles is by hiring a guy in Doug Peterson who, by all accounts, gives no craps about run, trying to run a front office or anything like that. Like, Doug Peterson wants to coach, and he wants to work with somebody who will be aligned in his vision in terms of acquiring players that he can help coach. So and that I that
2: sounds like he wants to have some involvement in the front office. So it can't be both. No, right. Doug Peterson does not want front office involvement. He left Philadelphia because he wasn't on the same page with the general manager.
0: Well, that's different than front office involvement.
3: Well, Wilson's saying it's hard for those to be mutually exclusive. If he's saying, right. here's my... Personnel. Here's my scheme. I need personnel to fit this scheme. And the general manager saying, well, this guy's more talented than this this guy who's slightly less talented that would fit your scheme better. I'm going to take the more talented guy. Peterson wants the GM that's going to say, all right, I'm going to go for your scheme. I know what your scheme is. We're going to try and get players to fit that.
0: Well, I mean, I think, I mean, I think if, if you're not working like that together, then you have a inherently a much bigger problem on your That is why
3: Peterson's no longer in Philadelphia. And you know what? If you were Doug Peterson's agent or if you who do you think makes the most sense for him? Because obviously Joe Douglas is there. I Yeah, I think it's the Chargers. I think if I'm Doug Peterson, I'm getting my agent, and I'm telling him to call the Chargers. I know I'm tight with Joe Douglas. That's probably my second choice. But I think the Chargers would make the most sense for him. And I think they're an instant contender if they have a coach like Doug Peterson next year.
2: Chargers, was that my favorite job? I can't remember what the list was. Yeah, put you know, up. The Chargers and Breach had the
0: Jaguars.
3: Had Jacksonville. But I think Jacksonville's the best for a first-time coach. If you're an established coach like Peterson, I think – The chargers make more sense.
2: We'll revisit it when the when the, uh, Texans hire a coach, but you two guys missed on that badly.
3: We had the Texans at four
2: out of six.
0: Yeah. That's not high. He had them at like three. You're going to take the Texans job or the Eagles job? Texans dead last. Eagles. The quarterback wants out. Yeah. Your quarterback's Carson Wentz. The the, the quarterback didn't want out when we made the rankings.
2: No excuses, Breach. No excuses. <laughs> if you're explaining, you're losing.
0: I mean, if you look, if, 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 if Deshaun Watson is dead set on leaving Houston, then Houston is absolutely the worst job on the list.
2: That's and I told you guys that it wasn't going to work and no one listened to me.
0: I don't think that's what happened. Sorry. So where does the, let's, so we slotted previously. We all agree that the Chargers and Jaguars are one and two. We think that the Jets are probably three.
2: I can't remember. I got to pull the, find the list, Breach. Okay. And,
3: the uh yes, Lions. we had Chargers, Jacksonville Jets as our top three yep. consensus in okay. different orders, but that was the top three. I'm and going, then, to and then you have Texans, Lions, Falcons, Eagles left over.
0: I'm going to assume that none of you would place the Eagles above any of those three. You would put the Eagles fourth, is where you're saying. I think so. Yeah. Talk Talk to me to why you have the Eagles fourth, Breach. Who are my last three teams?
3: Uh, the other ones. You had the Texans last and I'm not sure what order you had Lions, In the Falcons. Falcons, Falcons yes.
2: Yeah. So I, would be, I don't think the Eagles are that far off. I, I think the, the Falcons have a lot more questions. I think Carson Wentz, I'm just going to assume that he's not healthy. I, that's the only way you can go from playing the way he played to playing like he's a person yeah. that learned how to play football 15 minutes ago. So I'm going to assume he's going to be 75 to 80% of Carson Wentz next year. And if that's the case then you're going to win some football games. You have to get the right person in there to stroke his ego, make him feel good about himself. And I look, based on the list Debo read about the 2016 head coaching candidates, I'm not 100% sure they're going to get the guy. But if they get the guy, I think they're in the mix. So there are issues in New York, by the way. I mean, I love Joe Judge, but he had to bring in Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett had to bring Mark Colombo with him. Mark Colombo got fired in the middle of the season. Jason Garrett's probably going to be out on his way out, so not everything is hunky dory around the NFC East. Dak Prescott's going to be back; that's great, but who knows what his contract situation is going to be like? Their defense is terrible, and football team doesn't have a quarterback. So, I, I think there's a chance with Carson Wentz in the right mindset that they can actually, you know, make some noise.
3: Yeah. Fun fact, guys: the longest tenured head coach in the NFC East is Ron Rivera. I know he's been there for one season because
0: he was ahead, slightly ahead of Joe Judge. And um
3: that's nuts, Mike McCarthy,
0: Mike McCarthy in terms of the, the timing of the hirings. That's it's pretty wild. So the I mean,
1: Ryan, when you ranked the teams last Tuesday, you had Chargers, Jaguars, Falcons, Jets, Lions, Texans.
2: Oh, OK. Yeah. So. Hmm. I might. I might I might now switch the Jets to three, move the Falcons down to five and put the Eagles at four. I think that's what I would do now.
0: I think I might take the Falcons. We have the Texans at four. uh see now I'm Oh boy. Wasn't it you well know, can... Ryan We're just right. switch it? Switch it. Move the Texans to the last. I may move the Texans to the bottom. They're last. They're last. They are <laughs> last. I mean, that's a little that's a little less uh you hard to pick down. You want a freaking you wanna you wanna dunk? A double dunk. Oh, oh what a big jam! Wallace took it in his hands
2: and i up up and away. 52, Dr.
0: There you go. Because literally,
3: yeah. our entire argument for having them at four was that you get Sean Watson, and if he wants out, then they're last. That's it.
0: And also, when we were doing those rankings, if I'm not incorrect, and this was the national, this is the sentiment among people around the league, is that Jack Easterby had been pushed aside. They were bringing in a search firm. The search firm was going to recommend GM candidates, and Cal McNair was going to listen to the search firm, and then give Jack Easterby some role in the front office, but the GM was going to answer to Cal McNair. And then somewhere along the way, <laughs> Jack Easterby brought out his little hypnotist watch, and he tricked Cal McNair to letting him hire Nick Casario. And they took the the, the report from the the Corn Ferry folks who had told them to either hire Omar Khan from Pittsburgh. You dodged a bullet there, Wilson, because he's he's really smart knows what he's doing. Like or quarterback. from the ESPN. And instead, he hired Nick Casario. And I don't know that Nick Casario is a bad hire. I think Nick Casario is probably a great hire as a GM. But Nick Casario being hired means that Jack Easterby is now firmly in charge of many things involving the Texans and has alienated, uh, Deshaun Watson. So for in part, me, in part because Deshaun just said,
2: Hey, can you just interview Eric B. Came highly recommended from, from, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Didn't say you had to hire him.
0: Just talk to him. And they're so stupid. They wouldn't just have an interview. They awesome. just said. Before you leak the news that you're hiring Casario, pick up the phone and call to Sean so he's not reading about it on Twitter. That's some basic, basic A, in like, like approach to any sort of business. Um, by the way, uh, uh, Jonathan Jones, I dive into that in a lot more detail in Tuesday's podcast. So make sure and subscribe to the feed and check that out. But, uh, I think that that move, it's weird because I think Casario is a really good hire, but that move pushes the Texans down to last because you are now, being hired for a job where you're working for Jack Easterby, who got Bill O'Brien kicked, like fired in, in Houston, and you don't know if you're going to have Deshaun Watson, which is, who is the most attractive part about that job? So that's I think we can move the Texans down to the bottom breach for you. To, to where do the Eagles slot with the Falcons and the Lions? Because I think it's pretty close for those three.
3: Yeah, I think I would probably put the Eagles at five with the Lions and Texans behind them.
0: So you have the Falcons just ahead.
3: Just ahead at four. Would
0: so rather deal with Rich McKay than Howie Roseman.
3: I would rather deal with Rich McKay. And why do you
2: why do you hate Rich McKay so much? He doesn't. I don't think he's. A, I think uh, a
3: the Falcons have a more enviable situation at quarterback, where I would take next year maybe Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz. But if you want to get rid of Matt Ryan, uh, you know if you trade him away and start over, hmm. I just feel like you have more options because I feel like the Eagles are absolutely tied to Carson Wentz. So
2: you would take Matt Ryan over. Uh,
3: when well, no, Arthur you, Blank already said the new coach can get rid of Matt Ryan if they want. So you have no, the I'm, option to do whatever you want is what I'm saying. If, you, if you're if you comfortable with Matt Ryan, you take Matt Ryan. If you think he's too old, you get rid of him. You do not have that option in Philadelphia. You are Carson Wentz or you're not getting hired.
2: No, yeah. I'm asking a general question. Uh, on a neutral team, you would take Matt Ryan next year over Matthew Stafford. Just, so you,
3: uh, wait, Carson Wentz or Matthew Stafford?
2: I thought you mentioned Matthew Stafford. No. Oh, okay.
3: Um, Matt, Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz just next year. Long-term. I once is a lot younger, it's a lot different, but just for next year. Okay.
0: Oh, I, long term, I'll take Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford over Carson Wentz because you're not <laughs> stuck to Carson Wentz's contract. Like if Carson Wentz plays well, you it gives you a further dilemma. Or if he plays like okay, but not really well, it's a further dilemma. If you get in, if you, if you jump on the Falcons and like you come in and say, listen, Matt Ryan, probably the greatest player in franchise history. Which is kind of crazy to say. You could go Vic if you want, whatever. But you can come in and say, "Listen, Matt Ryan, you're sticking around. We want you. We know we may draft a quarterback. You need to understand that." And Matt Ryan says, "I'm 36. I get it. It's no big deal. He's going to be on the books for 2021. There's just it's a 50 million dollar dead cap hit. He's not going anywhere next year. The new coach, if they get rid of Matt Ryan, you know, would do so either because their young quarterback looks incredible if they draft him in the first round, or." In, uh, ahead of 2022, when, you know, with a post June 1 released, 17.9 million in dead cap space, uh, with a trade before or, or released $26.5 million. So to me, the idea of having to deal with Matt Ryan's situation is, is much better than dealing with Carson Wentz's situation. Additionally, if you take that Falcon job, there is a chance that you can f- figure out a way to pair yourself with a GM. Whereas if you take the Eagles job, you are now Howie Roseman's fourth wife. Yes. Kind of me. um, So Jeff Kerr, another Eagles fan
1: that, that works with us, put up a article real quick about the, the top candidates that the Eagles could go after. And we talked a little bit about the chiefs guys, but not much beyond that. He has, he has B enemy one Arthur Smith, Brian Dable, James Urban, Lincoln Riley, Jim Caldwell, Ryan's guy, Mike Kafka, Robert Salah, Brandon Staley, and Deuce Staley. Is there someone that stands out besides that Andy Reid tree and that chief circle that, that could make the most sense for the Eagles?
2: I like Robert Salah based on what I've heard. Like I don't know him personally. He's a good defensive coordinator and he seems like the defender uh, the defensive players buy into what he's selling, and that's sort of a big thing for me in terms of being a motivator. So I would be interested to see that. I know that Brandon Staley's done a great job, um, and, and he's a young guy. Uh, and, wait, where's Staley? Staley is in? He's with the Rams. The Rams, that's right. Oh, yeah, Brandon, that's right. No, Brandon Staley.
0: I was like, uh, no, Deuce is not with the Rams.
2: No, Brandon, yeah, he took Brandon over. Brandon
0: Staley has been incredible this year. But,
2: again, I don't know how he is in front of a group of people that he needs to motivate. That's sort of my, my thing. I mean, I'm not saying put a moron up there, but he gives great motivational speeches, but the balance. So I would like to see what Robert Sala does. I don't know how he's interviewed. In terms of whether people are impressed or not, but we
3: had a bad interview with the Lions.
2: You did hear that, okay.
3: I uh, I read that. I can't remember where I read it.
0: Okay. Okay. Salah Salah was on um, bovado. I mean, and they take these coaching odds for you know with a massive chunk of salt, but he was minus two fifty to get the, the Lions job because basically he's from near Detroit. Uh this is an interesting note too, and it ties back to what Breach said about Chip Kelly and how Howie Roseman might approach this uh search. Uh, from Tim McManus at uh, ESPN, and Tim's, Tim does a really good job covering the Eagles, plugged in over there, it says, Some believe the Eagles will make a run at Oklahoma Sooners coach Lincoln Riley, who was mentioned in Jeff's list. He coached Hertz at the college level, has majored in the quarterback position, and is said to have a strong relationship with Eagles general manager Howie Roseman. It would probably take big money to lure Riley out of Norman, but they might view it as a wise investment. Um, If you're Lincoln Riley, as we've talked about on this show a bunch, you don't have to leave Oklahoma anytime soon. I don't know if he's going to win a title there, but he's going to get a lot of looks every year because that's how it works. Unless, um, Sark comes in and just dominates at Texas all of a sudden, which, you know, maybe, maybe it happens, but it probably takes a little while. It would be almost identical to going from Andy Reid to Chip Kelly. Why do we keep changing colors? Are you doing something as going from Doug, Doug, to Lincoln Riley. Thank you. The parallels are pretty similar.
3: Yeah. And and that seems like, uh, the kind of move that Roseman would make. Um, and, and off of Kerr's list, besides that, I also like Brian Dable just because he fixed Josh Allen. You know, we've seen so much improvement from Josh Allen over the past three years. And that's what the Eagles want out of Carson Wentz. They want someone who can come in and kind of get his head straight and fix him. And Dable's proven that he can do that but yeah I think Lincoln Riley with all those connections makes a lot of sense and the fact that Roseman I think is going to feel like he needs to make a splashy high if you get rid of a Super Bowl winning coach you need to do something you need to win over the fans with the next hire you can't that's why I don't think a Mike Kafka is going to happen like, you you've got to bring in someone and the fan that's going to blow the fans away and I think Leak, Lincoln Riley would do that
1: yeah but I agree with you on Brian Dayball would Brian Dayball blow You pretty much have to go that either super young route or a college coach to kind of wow the fans, which I don't need to appease the fans, like just make the best hire there. I like the guys that you mentioned. My top three are honestly probably Sala, Dable, and Eric Bienemi. Thinking Riley's not your top three? Mm, No. Um,
2: and by the way, Chip Kelly was an innovative hire. People loved it at the time
1: and he came out. He did.
0: Chip Kelly was fine for two years. Then he got personnel control and ran into the ground.
1: Yeah. He was just a weirdo. I don't think Lincoln Riley's as much of a weirdo as, as, as Chip sure. Kelly was The the culture was not there and I wouldn't have those same concerns with, with Lincoln Riley.
0: I think the concern with Lincoln Riley, if you did go that route is then, and not to, you know, stretch this out further, talking about the Eagles, but, um, if you, you know, he, his relationship is with Hurts. Like he brought Hurts from Alabama to Oklahoma and he coached Hurts and they went, you know, I think they, they went to the playoff, they, right? Or they lose to Baylor in the big 12 championship game. They were a playoff they team. Yeah. They're a playoff team, right? They got throttled in the playoff. But they, oh yeah. They got throttled in the playoffs. but they went, they, they lost to LSU. They got throttled. That's right. That was the, uh yeah, that was the CD lamb tweet. Right. Anyway, um they, uh yeah. I mean, like, is he coming in and is he, is it a competition? Is Carson Wentz involved? Are you cutting Carson Wentz and rolling with Jalen Hurts? Is he trying to fix Carson Wentz? Do you want to take fra- fragile Carson's ego and headspace and bring in one of Jalen Hurts' old coaches? I mean, is that what you and want? And that, that
3: is the knock there. I mean, if Carson Wentz – again, you're trying to repair your relationship with him and bring in Jalen Hurts' ex-coach. Is not going to help it's that at hiring, all.
0: Hiring like
1: Jalen Hurts' dad to come coach a team. Yeah. That's why I don't, yeah. I don't see it. I, I said at the top of the podcast, I think this move clearly signals that Carson Wentz is your Week sure. One starting quarterback. Jalen Hurts. You know, if we had this discussion three weeks ago after the Saints game, and, and people are anointing Jalen Hurts after one week or a week and a half that he's he's the franchise quarterback. Things change, and maybe Lincoln Riley makes sense, or maybe Doug Peterson's not in this situation. But I, I don't get the connection at this point in time based on what we saw from Jalen Hurts, and it seems like the apparent commitment that they've made to Carson Wentz. So um,
2: Ben Solak, who writes for Draft Network, who's a, an awesome guy. He also is a huge Eagles fan. Uh, He's just tweeted this out, and he sort of follows the, the Eagles closely as well. Realis- realistically, no top candidates will take this job. It will have to be a college hire. We we're talking about Riley. He mentioned highly Dan Mullen,
0: uh, Dan Campbell. Uh Campbell has said. Matt Campbell or Dan Campbell? Uh Iowa State. Cam- Cam- that's Matt Campbell. Dan Matt Campbell, He had forward Dolphins head coach. Oh, right, yeah, Matt Campbell,
2: sorry. So Dan Mullen, Florida. Matt Campbell thinks so. that he's going back to Iowa State. Hasn't he?
0: Mm. Maybe not. Uh,
2: nope. Anyway, to Solek's point, he says it'll have to be a college hire or a QB coach like Kafka we've talked about, uh, Pep Hamilton who who's had some success with Justin Herbert, and Alex Van Pelt. Uh, he also goes on to say that, that Andy Reid's going to tell enemy to avoid Philly at all costs, in his opinion. So, I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse. Steve. Uh,
0: uh, I'm seeing something on... Okay, here it is. Uh, uh, let's see. I'm seeing that it appears Matt Campbell has...
3: He's staying in Iowa State. He's
0: okay. Th- yeah. I thought I heard that, but I wasn't sure. What does that say about these jobs that he's staying at Iowa State?
2: You guys, I think you guys are getting hung up on the idea that, um, Lincoln Riley, Davo Sweeney, uh, Matt Campbell, um, Pat Fitzgerald uh, Gerald at Northwestern. Those guys are making a ton of money with and they have a, lot. a lot of control. Yeah. They, they crush recruiting. You're not crushing recruiting in the NFL. I no. mean, it's, a, it's a dogfight and you can get out there and recruit better than, uh, the people in your conference, you're you, you gonna, you're gonna win football games and that the pressure, even though you have booster pressure and you know, you gotta win nine, ten games or whatever, it's a lot less than NFL pressure, I feel like.
0: I, I, look, I've said all along that Dabba Sweeney is not going anywhere unless it's maybe Alabama to follow. Saban when he leaves and I don't think Sabin's leaving anytime. I'm not sure Dabo even wants that pressure. And frankly, the only reason I bring up Dabo's name whenever there's a coaching opening on Twitter or on this podcast is because I wanted the hell out of my division. Get lost, Dabo. Get gone. I'm tired of Clemson dominating. Get lost.
2: Clemson's at um, least your worries. You need eight other coaches to leave too for state to have a chance.
0: How dare you? Scott Murphy said it'd be oh. fun to watch. Oh my town hard. Um, I will also add that as I point out with Lincoln Riley. Like that is that conference. Matt Rule bounced. It's just like you and Matt Campbell and now Sark. Like, and it is a clear, clear path to the playoffs every year for, for the same for Dabo. I mean, as, as, uh, as Lincoln Riley, like, why would you bother leaving?
1: Yep. What were you saying, Debo? Uh, just don't hire Jason Garrett.
3: Oh, oh, that would be hilarious. In
1: my I, I would take Adam Gase a thousand times over Jason Garrett. Oh my I God. I would too. I mean, it's not even close.
0: People watch it on Twitch, Adam Gase or uh, Jason Garrett. What do you think? Who just would want Adam Gase? I just want to know what they think. Adam Gase or Jason Garrett. That Jason isn't...
3: Garrett, 28 to one odds.
0: If that emerges where those are the top two guys uh nope, who, who are the candidates for it, it's just, I mean, this is going to turn into the most entertaining podcast on the planet. Just, it's like all of a sudden Debo and everybody in the podcast chat is saying Gase. I mean, it's all of a sudden like it's just the Debo show where we just live broadcast the, you know, the, the Eagles deciding between Adam Gase and Jason Garrett and Debo just staring at, uh, you know, staring at it and suffering through
1: it. Right. Incredible. Go from normally, uh, pretty mild
0: mannered to, uh, very enraged. (laughs) Rage rage Debo. (laughs) Um, okay. Is that, uh, that's it. That's it. That's the emergency podcast. It appears to have run roughly an hour long, but Doug Peterson, huge news, a big time coach opening and lots of drama remaining in the Eagles organization. Thanks to uh, everybody for popping on. Make sure to subscribe, rate and review and subscribe to Twitch. So you get notifications, subscribe below, subscribe to Twitch. You get notifications when we go live, the same for YouTube. See you guys later.